This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards, one of the largest sports card sellers on the planet. Greg sells over 80,000 vintage and modern cards every month, including basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all sports really, and even some non-sports cards too. On top of that, every raw card receives the same hand grading that collectors have put their trust in for over 15 years. What are you waiting for? Head on over to gregmorriscards.com auctions and check it out for yourself. What's up, everyone? This is episode 199 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. So right as I was about to hit record on today's episode, I came across an interesting hobby lawsuit that I think should be addressed. And you can see the full details of the case on Paul Lesko's Twitter account, which is at Paul underscore Lesko. Okay, so in October of 2020, Alt purchased a BGS 9.5 Steph Curry Topps Chrome Gold Refractor from Golden Auctions for $168,000. And if you're not aware of Alt, they're an alternative investment platform that also holds bi-weekly auctions, and there's probably a number of other things they do as well. You might remember them purchasing large stakes of some major cards, including Steph Curry's 2009 National Treasures logo man. Anyway, they bought this Curry refractor, and of course the value of this thing went up a ton, and around two years later, they cracked it out and sent it to PSA. I guess, you know, they wanted it in a PSA slab instead of a BGS slab. The only problem was PSA determined it was, quote, noticeably short or trimmed top to bottom. So they sent it back to BGS to get their opinion, and I guess you know now they agreed that it was trimmed even though they had originally graded the card a BGS 9.5. So now Alt is suing BGS for the August of 2022 value of the card, and not the much lower amount they bought it for. Now granted, if this thing moves forward, they're still going to have to adjust the current value because it has dropped some since August, Now, this whole thing's funny to me because, as I mentioned earlier, in addition to being an investment platform, Alt holds bi-weekly auctions. And they're still relatively new to that game, but in general, what we've seen, or there's a track record of this, where whenever one of these platforms lists an altered card in a slab, if that sale goes through, they're always able to conveniently put the onus back on the grading company, even if the patch is an obvious fake, or there's evidence that the card has been trimmed. Uh, For whatever reason, that slab has become an authority, and we just forego common sense. But now, in this case, when one of them, being the auction platforms, buys an altered card, I guess it's a different story. You You can't have it both ways. Now, or maybe you could technically say that them suing BGS is their version of putting the onus back on the grading company. Okay, I can accept that. I'll give them an out there. But they still made one major, major error here. They cracked the card out before they sent it to PSA. And I don't see this case getting very far because BGS is just going to say, we don't know what happened between this card being cracked and then being sent to PSA, which is a legitimate case because they really don't. And someone on the blowout forums asked a good question when they said, 
who would trust Alt's word that it was not trimmed after it was cracked? Because, obviously, we can't just assume. And if there's anything we've learned over time, this company's name, Alt, and the word trust are not synonymous. Even if you ignore a situation that came up on the blowout forums where uh, Alt's owner was accused of stealing cards, scamming PSA, and keeping the PSA guarantee money, I'll let you read the details and decide where you stand on that. I'm not going to weigh in. I'm not going to say whether that happened or not. But even if you ignore all of that, which a lot of people keep bringing up, trust has been a major issue up to this point, which is ironic because Alt has tried really, really hard to incorporate that into their branding and DNA. I saw a screenshot from their beta in 2020 where they called themselves the most trusted alternative asset platform. Well, that's good and all, but then during their first year, they had a browser extension that essentially stole people's data. And it wasn't just like, you know, name and address. It was way more than that. Data that gave them a competitive advantage. They got called out for it, and they immediately changed it without any sort of announcement or apology. They knew that was happening. It doesn't seem to have been any sort of an accident. And then a couple weeks ago, they promised a bunch of people a $30 credit, just $30 for filling out a survey. And when a bunch of people did said survey, they claimed that the threshold was met, despite never publicly establishing one to begin with. They, so they told all those people, hey, actually, we know you did that survey. We're very thankful for that, but we're not going to pay out. And it was only after a bunch of people complained that they changed their tune and sent out the following message. They said, the trust of our users is essential to us, and we appreciate the feedback we've received as a startup. We are always looking to improve and are reaching out to those who did not receive the $30 credit and making it right by applying it to your account by December 6th. So they also said, hey, we're a startup, despite the fact that they fundraised several times and had a ton of money. Uh, Now, once again, they're trying to tell people how trustworthy they are when their business history clearly states otherwise. And if they were that trustworthy to begin with, they never would have put people in that situation. All of that is to say, this lawsuit is another interesting situation this company finds themselves in. I doubt it goes very far, but only time will tell. And I think you should be aware of some of their history. I'm not here to tell you what to think about Alt. But look at who or what they claim to be, and then look at the actions that have characterized them since. Do they match up or not? And you have to decide that on your own. Okay, on to the mail. In terms of volume and quality, this might be the best two-week stretch of mail I've ever had. And, and that's really not an exaggeration. I had a package from ComC. I had a package from overseas. I've had a slew of nice eBay purchases, so I simply don't have enough time to cover them all today. So some of them will move to my YouTube channel, and then I'll probably talk about some of the other stuff here on the show in a future segment once I get everything sorted out. I do, however, want to share one card with you since it goes along with what I talked about a few weeks ago. And this card is a 2017 Panini Instant Access Autograph of Reggie Miller, number 22 of 25. And back in June of 2017, Panini announced that they had signed a deal with Reggie and he'd be showing up in their products very soon. And this blog post specifically mentioned that he would be in the Panini Preferred Silhouette set. And while those weren't out yet, they also teased this Instant Access Auto that they planned to release first. And at the time, I already had a couple of pre-Panini Reggie autos, so the interest stuff didn't interest me at all. I figured, you know what, I'll just save my money for future memorabilia cards, 
which I did. You've probably seen me show them off before, but I have a handful of Reggie's 2017 Flawless Jumbo Patches. Well, fast forward to about a month ago, and as I discussed on the show, I was doing this project where I made a list of all the Pacers games I had been to, and I was finding cards that depicted those games. Of course, that involved a ton of searching on Getty Images and a ton of searching on ComC. And as I was looking through the photos from a February 2005 Pacers Magic game in Orlando, I realized one of the Reggie Miller shots looked very familiar. And it turns out that Panini had used it on a handful of cards, including the instant access auto they plugged at the beginning of Reggie's time with the company. So obviously, you know, I wanted a copy of one of these pretty bad. In fact, you might remember me chatting with Sholey on air about a copy number to 10 that was posted with a ridiculous buy it now. I sent an offer that was 10% higher than the last comp. It was auto declined. So per his advice, right, he gave me good advice. Uh, He thought I would cave. I didn't have to, thankfully, but per his advice, I was trying really hard to be patient, and eventually one showed up with a reasonable price. Like I said, this one was the um, out of 25 version, and that's fine. The numbering doesn't matter too much to me. I just want the picture. I worked out a deal with the seller, and the rest is history. And after this thing showed up, um, I was reading more about Reggie's first Panini signing where he signed these cards only to find out it had been completed with former Panini employee Tone Stakes. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he was on this show a couple times back, all the way back in April of 2020. So, um, you know, I had talked to him already. That was pretty cool. So that was an added little bonus that I didn't know about. And needless to say, I'm very happy about that. So I'll make sure to post that up on my social media if I haven't already. All right, before I move into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to remind you how you can support this show. As you guys know, there are costs that go into producing a podcast. One of my goals is to always keep the show itself free. As a result, I've signed up for affiliate programs with eBay and Fanatics. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. Click whatever store you need to go to, shop as planned, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. Hey everybody, Boston Steve here, the Northeast correspondent, checking in from the city of a winning basketball team, and you are listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Okay, so joining me today is someone that needs no introduction on this show. He's been on several times before, but he's going to get one anyway, because he deserves it. I consider Jake to be a forerunner of modern basketball card content. He started his YouTube channel, 90s B-Ball Cards, all the way back in February of 2018. I've learned a lot from that channel. I've learned a lot from chatting with Jake probably daily for several years now, and it's always a privilege to be able to bring him back on the show. Jake, how's it going, man? It's going well. Uh, Busy time of year for for many of us, uh, but always happy to take some time to chat cards. Well, and I know you really like this time of the year, and I don't want to say that I'm a um, a Scrooge or a Grinch or anything like that. I'm not anti-holiday season, but uh, some people get into it more than others. I think you get into this time of the year, so I, I figured you would be an appropriate guest to have on the show here. Um, now, I ask you today to come up with a holiday card wish list, and we're going to get to that shortly, but I feel like we need to catch up a little bit first. Since we last chatted, you landed a major, major Penny Hardaway Grail that was at the top of your list, I think it's one that we even talked about on this show at some point. 
So I know you've already told the story on your channel, but if you don't mind, let's start today. Let's just talk about the successes, right? Tell us a little bit about that card and how it all came about. Yeah, so uh, so the 98 StarQuest Gold, and it, it really is fitting with this time of year because I opened a lot of UD Choice, the 98 UD Choice, with my, my brothers and my dad uh, over the holidays, especially that 1998 going into 99 year. Uh, we opened... Uh, Probably would have made more sense for my dad to get a whole case. Uh, we, we opened enough. Um, but yeah, dreamt of hitting that card. Uh, my brother wanted the Jordan. I wanted the Penny. But we really just wanted to see any of the StarQuest Gold, and we hit none. Um, you know, So it's been a, a lifelong dream of mine to get it. And then um, I got a DM on Instagram from somebody that just started watching my channel and said that they had hit that card back in 1999 at a card shop in Dallas, Texas, I think, somewhere in Texas anyway. Um, and after seeing my channel, I was like, I, you know, I don't want it anymore. I don't need it anymore. I want to see it in the right home. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great opportunity. And, he, you know, we worked at a price that was good for both of us. And we both agreed it was significantly less than it would go for, you know, in the open market. But uh, it was more important to him you know, see it in, in my hands. And for me, I just, I just wanted my collection. So uh, yeah, I, it would, it's one of those that uh, currently it's with Beckett for grading. Um, and just one of those that I don't expect it to grade highly. I just want it slabbed and I've always wanted it in a Beckett slab. So um, yeah, I'm going to be excited to get that one back. So it's, it's interesting because I remember when you went to make that video and I don't know what you shared publicly and what you didn't. So maybe I'm, maybe I shouldn't even share this here, but you were a little hesitant because there's this thought that, Hey, if I tell the people, you know, these are the cards I'm really after and I really want, and I would probably, you know, overextend certain things to get those cards. You thought maybe someone might take advantage of that. And as it turns out, someone you actually, it went the other way. Um, right. Someone saw you really wanted that card and they said, you know what, Jake, I want to help you out. Uh, let's find a deal that's fair and reasonable. And that's what happened. So it seems like it was certainly worth the wait. And I love that you got it from the original owner too. Uh, it's always nice to get the backstory on the cards that we acquire. And that one puts you closer to a thousand penny cards, a milestone that you have since passed as well. So seems like it's a pretty big year for the penny PC it's been a lot of fun cheering you on along the way. What's next for the Penny PC? Boy, I, I don't know if I could ask for much more than I've, I've gotten. Um, you know, going through, like you said, that list of top 10, my, my wish list, I was very nervous. And looking looking over it after National, I knocked a couple off, and then I've knocked a couple off since then. Um, so I'd have to look to see what the number one card left on that list at this point is. But I think I've, I've knocked like four or five off in the last year, which, you know, just, just hitting one of them would have been more than I could have asked for. So um, I'm not sure what would be the number one. I think one of the highest ones on there is one that you actually informed me about. And I'm, I'm kicking myself that I, you know, you and I didn't know each other before um, was the 99, 2000 tops uh, MVP promotions. Okay. And I remember, you know, okay. before I started the YouTube channel, before you had the podcast and all that, there was one on eBay that showed up and I was just like, why would I want to bid on that? Like, I remember hitting some of those when I was a kid of, you know, some, I won. Um, right. <laughs> I didn't think much of it. It, it um, was a throwaway. It was a son's card exactly. too, right? A throwaway, a son's card. This, So he's got two in the set. One's a son's and one's magic with the newer oh, okay. uniform. And the one that I, 
if I'm remembering correctly, the one that was up on eBay was the magic one, which is the one I'd want more. Um, and it went for like $35. I want to say that was like 2017, maybe, um, you know, if I had a time machine. So I think well, that might be really high that. Apple. That was high for an MVP promo at that point. So at that time. Yep. Uh, and even after that, I've, I've gotten some pretty decent players for less than that. So uh, that was a high price. I don't fault you for that. But here we are. And and yeah, unfortunately, you didn't grab it. Uh, you yep. know what, though, in January, we need an update video to your top 10 most wanted pennies because you, we've got to keep that good, uh, that good momentum going here. Definitely. Definitely. We'll do that. All right. Well, today we're going to branch out a little bit. I know we had to get some basketball card chatter in there and, <laughs> and there will be more basketball cards that come up in this program. But uh, like I said earlier this week, I reached out to you and I asked you to come up with a wish list of your 10 favorite holiday themed cards and to give the listeners at home some context. I didn't give Jake any real parameters for this list, which that was intentional, right? Meaning it could be a direct link like a hoops, Christmas sweater relic. It could be a Rakeem Christmas galactic. It could be a drew holiday auto. Uh, it could be something from other sports. It could be non-sport. You know, maybe you think diehards a Christmas movie and you've got a Bruce Willis card. You really like uh, the possibilities here are endless and this wouldn't be a true sports card countdown without a couple of honorable mentions uh, i love that those are on your list i expected that you came through you understood the assignment so why don't you go ahead and let's run through those two honorable mentions and then we'll count everything else down 10 to 1 all right so uh yeah so the first honorable mention is the 1993 i think it was produced by nfl properties it's not even one of the you know traditional uh, companies that we know of but it's uh it's a santa claus card and the, the reason i love it it's one that i actually have i got recently uh and santa is putting ornaments on the christmas tree and each ornament has one of the card manufacturers logos on it so you got upper deck and tops and skybox all the all the ones that we grew up with and loved um so that's just really cool to me uh so i was like I was trying to squeeze it into the top 10 and I was like, I just can't quite, you know, replace some of these. So uh, yeah, that's the first honorable mention. Okay. So uh, number two is, is very similar to that, right? So let's uh, go very ahead and similar. talk about that one and then we'll cover them together here. Yeah. So the 95 NFL properties uh, you know, they, they call it the Santa and friend. So uh, I think it's fun because it's a picture of a kid basically sitting on Santa's lap and Santa's giving him, it was football cards, but, you know, sports cards nonetheless. And the look of excitement on the kid's face, I was like, minus the haircut, that could have been me back in the day. The haircut was my brother's. He, he loved the bowl cut. Um, but, it, you know, it just brought me back to, to feeling that, that sense of excitement and, you know, that, that childhood euphoria of getting cards on Christmas. So I was like, that's a really, really fun and cool one that I, I haven't gotten that one yet, but I, I plan to at some point. Okay, so I didn't know about these. So I had to do a little digging when you mentioned these to me. And uh, number one, I wasn't, that was right before I started. And then number two, it's football. So I wouldn't have been finding these yep. anyway. So uh, I had to look these up and and it said, uh, according to Beckett's website, this nine, this is the 95 set. The nine card set consists of Santa Claus cards produced by eight NFL trading card licensees and features different artistic renderings of Santa uh, and season's greetings collectors could obtain the set by sending in 20 wrappers of any participating football card manufacturer. And of course, a dollar 50 for shipping and handling. So um, it looks like there was a whole set here, one from each of the manufacturers. And then this checklist had all of them on there. So 
like you mentioned, it kind of uh, encompasses that whole era there. And um, apparently you're not the only person that would have this on their wish list because a PSA 10 just sold recently for 140 bucks and it's a pop five. So for most, I, I'll be honest, if I got this in a lot, originally I would think this is like a throwaway card. So this is why I'm always learning. So this is something I'm going to keep an eye out for. Uh, and I appreciate you bringing that to my attention, but it didn't make the list. Those were honorable mentions. So now we're going to move into number 10, which is a recent card. So tell me what what's number 10 and tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah, so uh, number 10 is the 2022 Tops Holiday Edition. This is a Mrs. Claus, and this is a Jersey Auto, not a rookie. Uh, but yeah, so this is a relic from her her outfit and uh, and a sticker auto. Um, and uh, she couldn't you know, get her in to sign on card, unfortunately. I, you know, it's probably very difficult to ship all those to the North Pole and get them back. So, uh, you know, I understand, you know, I'll give them a pass on this one for a sticker. But yeah, like Mrs. Claus doesn't have a ton of cards. Uh, and so I was like, I have to get one of her cards. And this is probably, you know, everybody loves a good uh, patch auto, right? So I had to get this one on there. And I love, you know, of course, 2022, this, this is the era now where we've got the uh, un- whatever they call them, unassociated relics, um, where they're telling us it wasn't from any game event or anything. And it's almost like Tops is trolling us a little bit here because you look on the back of this one and they're very straightforward. Uh, when it's not a sports card, they, they said the relic contained within this card is not from anything at all. <laughs> I th- okay, that, that sums it up here, but uh, still a fun holiday card. So I can see why it would be number 10. Uh, now, number nine, you sent me the the title of the card. I still couldn't find it. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I need some help here, Jake. What's number nine? And uh, what am I missing? All right. So, yeah. So number nine, the reason why I was a little bit vague on this one is because there's two sets that have it uh, and they're in different sports. And, and I'll share some on my Instagram this, this week. Uh, but so it's the Pacific Ornaments. So there's a set from 99 Football. Uh, in the Pacific set. And then there was also a set in 2000 for baseball and that was in Pacific Prism set. Um, So those are cards that were made or fashioned to look just like ornaments that you put on your Christmas tree. Um, You know, so they have different players and they have different shapes for each. Uh, So some of them are in the shape of a a tree or a wreath or bells or um, a stocking. There's probably some other shapes I'm, I'm forgetting. Uh, you know, but think of all the biggest stars of, you know, football or baseball, and they're likely in those sets. So I have uh, a Brett Favre that I got at the National, actually, and a PSA 5, because these cards you know, definitely grade very well. But it wasn't about getting it graded. I just, I found it and I wanted it. And then I also have a Derek Jeter uh, that that's raw that I actually, I think I found that one on Com C. Uh, so every so often I'll scour Com C, not during the holiday season, and try to find some of these holiday cards that I've been looking for. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, people are looking for like Joey Chestnut cards uh, on the day of, you know, July 4th. It's like, no, you know, you can get that the rest of the year for a lot cheaper. Yep. So a lot of this holiday stuff, same thing. It's all about timing. And um, I, I guess it's it makes sense that I didn't know it. It's a football or baseball or, or something other than basketball. We just got uh, what was it? Sean Kemp dressed up as uh, Santa Claus. We just got stuff like yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, number eight features somebody dressed up, and I won't spoil it, but go ahead and tell us what's number eight. 
Yeah, so number eight is the it's a it's a jumbo card first of all. So it's from ninety nine Upper Deck. Uh, it's a holiday uh, edition, uh, but it's a Santa hat relic of Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, and the cool thing also that I like about this is he's in his the All Star uniform from the Fenway game. Um, you know, so it's something that he definitely was wearing that was not around the holiday season, you know, for a photo shoot that then they cut up and had it in a holiday release. So, uh, big card, big patch window, uh, you know, fun, fun thing there. And from what I was reading, Beckett says this one card was issued to Upper Deck employees as well as some of their direct dealers. So I imagine direct dealers, I mean, we're talking card shops here. So probably a lot of these are out there. I know I've owned some, uh, not Griffey, but some of the other players before. Um, so that's a good thing. You've got some stuff on here that's accessible. It's not just rare chases that you have to go to the North Pole to, to try and track down. It's, it's some stuff that you can get. Okay, uh, another athlete dressed up then would be number seven. And tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, so number seven is very similar. It's a 2000 upper deck. Again, a holiday release uh, from Upper Deck with the Santa suit relic uh, of Kobe. So Kobe Bryant uh, on this one, but it's also instead of being the hat, it's it's the suit. Okay, so very festive card. And um, there's also, and I, I just discovered this today as I was prepping for this, there's also an autographed version number no 25. I'm not kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I wouldn't have even known about that had it not come up in a Com C search. Um, unfortunately not available now, but it was in the sold out listing. So um, I, I guess this is where we plug this, right? Speaking of Com C, now is a good time to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com, your home for buying, selling, and flipping all types trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 28 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. And I should add a lot of holiday cards too. Uh, with a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sell sellers and ship them home together later, which is what I did this week. Um, make sure to check that out on my YouTube channel. Or if you don't want to ship them, you can immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. For more info, you can check them out on social media under the handle at CheckoutMyCards. Okay, so card number six. I guess this really this whole stretch here is a lot of athletes wearing santa themed or holiday themed outfits here so go ahead let's talk about card number six yep so so this one's a lot like the last two like you said so the 99 upper deck so it looks a lot like the ken griffey uh but this is a santa relic of kevin garnett and i say relic generically because i can't remember if it says on the card but it's, it's not clear if it's a hat or a suit or a little bit of both he's pictured holding all different kinds of stuff on that card so uh, it, it could even come from the, the the Santa bag that he's holding. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it, I I have some people might not like me putting Kevin Garnett's card above Kobe Bryant's, uh, but I did for two reasons. One because it came first, but you could say the same thing about the Ken Griffey, and because I you know side PC Kevin Garnett, so I like him more. Yeah, well, and guess what? It's your list. So if, if exactly. they've got a problem with it, they can. Um, it's <laughs> at '90s B-ball cards. Write them. Let them know. <laughs> All right. Um, so number five, you've kind of split into two. We have, a, I think, a 5A and a 5B. So I don't know what yep. order you want to do those in. I'm going to let you go ahead and take over here. Yeah, we'll just do them together. So uh, from 2022 Tops Holiday and 2018 Tops Holiday, there are a Santa relic and auto. So just like the Mrs. Claus that we talked about at the beginning from 2022, there's a Santa Claus version uh, in both of those sets. 
Uh, and those are also sticker autos. You know, I give them a pass. And actually, the 2022 just sold recently. Uh, I think it's numbered to 25. It I is. don't know yeah. if the 2018 is numbered or not. Uh, and I think it was like $250 or something like that, which is above my Santa card price limit. Um, but something that I'll, I'll look at, you know, maybe, you know, April timeframe. And, you know, we talk about how um, rookies come into the league and they have one autograph. And then after they've signed so many stickers, they have another autograph. Uh, I'm not looking to float any conspiracies out here, but Santa's 2018 and 2022 autos look very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually something that else that's kind of interesting. Some people have pointed out that the 2022 top Santa autos look pretty similar to a uh, tops dual autograph this year that was not signed by the players. Um, it's a couple of Tampa Bay Rays players. Everyone thinks, Hey, you know, those don't look like their autos at all. There was a lot of speculation that it was a tops employee. Well, some people have said, and I'm not saying I subscribe to this theory here. Some people have said, that those autographs look very similar to this new Santa Claus autograph. I don't know. I don't know if it was done in the same uh, same pen or not. And uh, I don't want to push a bunch of conspiracies today. That's not really in line with the holiday <laughs> spirit. So let's go ahead and move on. And I have to admit, Jake, some of these cards that we've talked about today, I didn't know about. Like I said, some of the football stuff, the Pacific stuff, this is stuff that uh, you've sent me down so many rabbit holes today. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I just wasn't collecting some of the stuff then. So some of these next ones, though, I feel like whether I was collecting or not, I'm a lot more familiar with these. Some of these are are pretty legendary when it comes to Santa Claus on sports cards, especially number four here. So tell us about number four. Yeah, so number four is the 1990 Pro Set Santa Claus card. Uh, and you'll see this uh, kind of talked about in conjunction with another card that's on the list as being like the first Santa card, whether you call one a rookie and the other a pre-rookie or, you know, vice versa. Um, you know, this is this is one of the first Santa cards and has a really kind of, uh, you know, again, a fun holiday theme picture, uh, you know, where he's, uh, you know, around a Christmas tree and he's got some, some football cards and stuff. So uh, I think this also was the highest selling Santa card on record uh, in a PSA 10 and I, I think I talked about this in my episode talking about the top 10 Christmas videos with Christina from, from uh, Card Ladder. So if, if I'm not mistaken, some more information might be in that video. Okay, good. And that's on your channel now so they can go yes. and they can find that if they'd like. Um, and so I actually do want to talk a little bit about the great Santa card rookie debate. We'll wait until we get to the other card in the countdown to do so. But uh, don't let me forget, we want to come back to that. I will say, though, this one here was, uh, as far as how it was distributed, it was a short print in Series 2 packs. And uh, the Pro Set founder is pictured on the wall as the Elf of the Month. So if you've ever wondered who that guy was, it's it's Pro Set's founder. Okay, Uh, number three. Number three is another 90s card and another upper deck card. So go ahead and tell me about that. Yeah, you know... uh... Upper deck, upper deck might have uh, you know close relationship with Santa back in the day, but I think another company it does now. So uh, anyway, ninety eight upper deck again. It's a holiday uh, exclusive Santa jersey, uh, and this is a jumbo card as well. So this is Santa's suit that he wore during delivering gifts. I think it actually says something about it on the back. I can't remember the exact verbiage, um, but the interesting thing too is on the card. 
they have a little spot where it's kind of a you know a facsimile signature where his name is signed Chris Kringle, um, and it also refers to him as Santa Claus on the card. So you get you know both names. You can use them synonymously with this one. Okay, and you know I've heard that with those jersey cards of that era, that a a standard jersey would make about two thousand relic cards. And I know they've got different sizes now, but for those sizes back then, about 2000. Now, Chris Kringle probably wore a little, little larger uniform than some of the players of that era. So I don't know if they actually made that many, but there might be the potential for that. And you mentioned the different names. One thing, another thing I sent you earlier today, because it's something I just discovered, I guess in 2002, Santa Claus had a contenders rookie auto uh, where he's listed as Santa Claus, but he signed it St. Nick. So um, that's another option out there. You mentioned the Chris Kringle, uh, the fake signature there. This one has got a sticker on it that's St. Nick. So there's all sorts of options for Santa stuff if you want it. But let's get to number two because this is Santa uh, rookie card related or however we want to phrase it here. I'm going to ask you in a moment, but tell me about number two. Yeah, so number two is the 1989 Pro Set. Uh, I I call this the Santa rookie card. Some people call it a pre-rookie card. You know, it really is the same debate we have with the Jordan star and the Jordan Fleer, you know, and uh, I think that this one might be a little bit more important than the Jordan card in the, in the conversation around it. So uh, I have, I have this one as the rookie and I have it as a higher want for mine. Cause it's the first Santa. Okay. So now the controversy and you, and you mentioned kind of the parallels to Jordan. So let's talk about that a little bit because with Jordan, it's all about how they were distributed. Right. It, do you think that the star team bags are actual packs or does that count versus the 1986 clear, which we know are our packs? Right. And some people would say, well, it's it's just semantics. OK, well, in this case, the 1989 was sent to dealers inside of a greeting card and the 1990 was a short print in the pack. So you can see, like you said, it is a very similar debate. Um, did, did you weigh in there? Did you say which one you prefer? Yeah, so so my my vote goes to the eighty nine being the rookie, um, but you know this is where uh, you know my my logic gets a little fuzzy, uh, and you know my opinion on the Santa rookie card might not be the same as my Jordan rookie. We're <laughs> not going to get into that debate today, but I'm just saying it might be different. It might be the same. This is getting complicated. Yeah, exactly. But my my vote goes with the 89. That's the first Santa card. And part of it also is because so many of the Santa cards are not distributed through packs. So to me, um, you know, that that as being a point that really holds a lot of weight for me doesn't doesn't apply here. Okay. Now, um, one thing that's also worth noting is that Leaf and Brian Gray has since uh, acquired that Pro Set brand. And they've been making pro set cards the last couple of years. And he's attempted to cash in on that Santa history as well. Uh, I think right now, if you go on Leaf's website, there's a seven card set that uh, features a very similar image to the 89. But then in the background, there's a different person on all seven of those cards. Anyone from Steph Curry to Ron DeSantis uh, to Tim Cook, right? We've got some, that's some different choices in there. So that's not really my thing, but I suppose there's a market for it. And if nothing else, it speaks to the popularity of these original 1989 and 1990 uh, Santa cards. In fact, a PSA 10 of the 1989 just sold for $1,100, and that's a Pop 71. So uh, these last few years, think about it. People have invested in all of these failed prospects. Maybe this whole time they should have just invested in jolly old St. Nick. 
Okay, so now your number one card, I got to be honest here, it kind of surprises me. And after looking at it for a little bit, I can see why someone might like it. I certainly wouldn't have pegged this as number one, but that's that's the joy of and the beauty of us having our own list here. So tell everyone what card you selected and why. Yeah, so uh, we've got the 2007 Topps Holiday uh, Santa Auto. And so the reason that I have this as the number one, we talked about how Upper Deck you know, may have a very close or may have had a very close relationship with Santa, but this is an on-card auto. So uh, there is very good uh, guess that the people at Tops are some of the few that have actually seen Santa Claus, uh, you know, because they had to get him to sign these by hand. And the interesting thing, like we were talking about the, the style of the auto, there are two very distinct styles of the autograph on this card. Uh, and one of them is, you know, much more prevalent than the other one. Uh, but, it, you know, it seems like he his hand was getting a little tired towards the end and, and yes, didn't quite connect as, as well as it did in some of the others. So, um, you know, like any other athlete, card, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, you asked me to sign, you know, 10 sick notes for for my child and my signature. It's going to be very different, all 10 of those. So it, it's the me. whole Luca's mom debate all over again. Bring it yep. back with 2007 Tops Holiday Santa Claus here. Um, and I should note uh, on the back of the card, because I, I looked up the backs of these cards today, too. It says Santa himself signed this card with the very pen he uses to make his list of all the naughty and nice children around the world. So Santa uses a, uh, a lumen collar or a fine point Sharpie or whatever Tops was using at the time. Apparently, that's what Santa uses on his list as well. All right, Jake, uh, I've mentioned it already, but I'll, I'll say it again. You sent me down so many rabbit holes when I was piecing this outline together. And and I mean that as a compliment. I really enjoy that. And I feel like it was a nice change of pace from the norm. Before I let you go, I want to give you a chance here to plug your social handles, your YouTube channel, and any cards or anything else that you might be looking for. These next few moments here are yours. Uh, yeah, so you can find me pretty much everywhere. Uh, 90s underscore b-ball underscore cards, Instagram and YouTube are where I'm most often, but I'm also on Facebook, uh, a little bit of Twitter and a uh, very little bit of TikTok. Little, yeah, well. there we go. A little <laughs> bit of TikTok. we got to get that plug in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, really excited for the holiday season. It's a fun time with, uh, with my family and uh, you know, looking to add more Santa cards and more penny cards as well throughout the year. All right, Jake. Well, I know that uh, content sometimes can be very hard work. Uh, enjoy the time with your family enjoy the time. We'll take whatever content we can get from you, but uh, I really do hope you have a great Christmas and new year here or whatever holidays you choose to celebrate. All right. Well, there you have it. I want to thank Jake once again for taking the time to come on the show. I can't emphasize enough. Please, please, please head on over to his YouTube channel and make sure to support him in some way, be it clicking, watching, right? Watch those ads, make sure they play through uh, like comment, whatever, like I said earlier, I really enjoyed having him on again. And maybe there was something we talked about today that resonated with you. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under at Wax Museum Podcast or Twitter under the handle at Wax Museum PC. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site, which is www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. There's a big eBay logo at the top, Click that, and it should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow. Once again, 
That's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast. Podcast.